Hello, zebras. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. This episode is with Andrew Trexler. Andrew runs Catalyst Space in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Actually, the same building that I'm in right now. I'm in the Launchbox Studios. He's upstairs at Catalyst Space. And Catalyst Space is a, a really awesome place for anybody who's looking to experiment, start their own business. If you have a hobby that you've always wanted to get off the ground, if you're uh, really, man, I... I'm going to let him tell the story of Catalyst Space so you get a better understanding. Because if I try to describe it, I'm only going to screw it up, and that is a guarantee. But this is a great conversation. Andrew is an extremely interesting dude. And, and even if like Catalyst Space is not what you're excited about, you should be excited about the conversation I have with Andrew because he's so much fun to talk to, and he's a wealth of knowledge. So uh, before we get to that, though, let's get to our podcast sponsors. So thank you to the Clay Cup downtown Altoona at the Clay Cup on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. Uh, the Clay Cup's awesome because not just a coffee shop, which I go in there and get my tea every once in a while. Had some chamomile tea the other day. Absolutely delicious. But they also are creative, so you can go in there and uh, paint pottery. They have watercoloring classes. I think they're uh, actually teaching you how to make bath bombs. Those do not blow up your bathtub. Chill out. Uh, those are some awesome things you can do at the Clay Cup besides drinking delicious drinks and having the amazing food they have at 1304 11th Avenue. Uh, along with that, we have Trade Secrets, which is also located in downtown Altoona on Facebook, Secrets and Trade, Instagram, Trade Secrets underscore skincare, and actually Trade Secrets Stephanie Height is taking the bath bombs down to the Clay Cup to be made during a, a live demonstration of how you make bath bombs yourself. It's awesome. So uh, Trade Secrets, all products are handmade, all natural, and very good for you. Good for your body, good for the environment. Make sure that you check out Trade Secrets and the Clay Cup. And how about you check out the podcast, because we're about to ready to rock this bad boy. This is Rob Z Radio. Welcome to the Launchbox Studios, downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania, with another episode. Uh, this one I've been super excited about for a long time now. I should have had you on, honestly, like like a year ago, but it's just finally happening. Andrew Trexler in the studio, Catalyst Space. Are you waving to me? Yeah. Okay. I'm waving to you because then... <laughs> to the humans. Yeah. How you doing, man? Oh, not bad. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. I'm really excited about doing this. I I, I picture this as a, a couple part series, like because you have a lot of information to cover, and, and what you're doing is is pretty awesome. So I feel like this could be a story told in a couple of different parts. But today, let's just get to know you and get to know Catalyst Space. So if anybody has no clue of what the heck's going on with Catalyst Space, so uh, downtown Altoona, Catalyst Space, you guys opened up when? When was like the official launch? Two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Right now it's uh, January 2018, and the mission, I guess, I would try to explain it, but I will screw it up. So if you can encapsulate the mission of Catalyst Space, how would you put it? How would you define it? To do it as simple as possible, mm -hmm. I would say that it is just to create creative spaces. Um our whole goal was to create kind of like this hybridization of maker spaces, incubators, um, and STEM education all in one. 
right? All these people need the exact same amount of resources, the same types of resources. And so really to kind of bring them all together, kind of like the library in ancient Mesopotamia, where you had all these different types of people and great ideas flourished from them. Lots of problems were solved. And just the inspiration, I guess, and you've probably explained this story to people many of times. And I, 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 until I was actually in Catalyst Space and sat down with you a few times, it took me a while to grasp the scope of what it is and what, can, what is possible in the space itself. So if people are just like, you know, maybe they've been there, maybe they've heard about it, maybe they've never heard about it. What can you do there? What has been done there that's like, you know, real tangible physical evidence that this thing is helping people grow or help business grow? Yeah, I guess I can definitely see how people find it intimidating sometimes just walking right in there because you're walking into tons of crazy laser beams and technology and it's like everything and nothing at once because unless you know what to do with it you can't do anything with it I just open Pandora's box (laughs) Um, really uh, the biggest limitation is you right Um, for anybody walking in there uh, and the people who have figured that out and, and kind of got past themselves as being their own limitation have really been their own success already and we have seven businesses that have already started out of there uh, we've built a automated farming system that waters weeds you just drag and drop system just like Wix. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't hear about um, that. One. Okay. We're in the process of building a six foot five robot. Right. Uh, I'm definitely going to turn it into my assistant and name it Jarvis. <laughs> going to try to hook it up to Google Home. Now explain that before you move any further. <laughs> that, that's what you told me about that blew my mind. So a little bit about Jarvis. Like, what are you doing with it? What's the so plan? It, it, start, it started out, it's actually started in France called the InMove Robot Project. Uh, it's a humanoid robot, and this guy built it and completely left it open source. And it's been wonderful for the whole open source community, um, Tinkers. And I looked at this and went, well, I really need to micromanage myself all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm a huge micromanager of myself. Uh, keeps me focused well why can't I just have a robot that does that and then greets people when they come in the door at the same time so it would literally be like a front desk assistant mm-hmm. um, now it, it's not roams, gonna be... it roams around the floor yeah and yeah. greets you when you show up greets you by your name when you show up that, right. that's not creepy yeah. um, I saw the hand today it yeah. felt a little bit like Terminator 2 <laughs> like he's pulling the hand out of the, <laughs> the arm I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> about it It's it's been a lot of work but it's 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 going to be fruitful. I think people will get a kick out of it when they see it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that's just a small component. Like, there's so many things that you bring up. Whenever we talk, I'm like, okay, I there's another piece of it. There's another piece of the puzzle. <laughs> what the hell? What, where does it all come together? You know, it, it's amazing because, um, and that's why I want to do this podcast with you and do a couple episodes and really figure out, like, you know what you want Catalyst Space to be and watch it grow. I, I can't wait to like see two years, four years, six years, like what it turns into. I'm, I'm I've got so- an idea. I've got an idea. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead, but like, so the other things that have come out of Catalyst Space. Oh, yeah, um, so SiteRight, which recently just did their product launch, came out of there, which was a uh, device to um, help with site alignment for people who are using a uh, pistol for the first time or first couple of times, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to be a part of that discussion of should we or shouldn't we, but if we are going to, then we should be as safe as possible. Yeah. And, and Somebody's going to, right? Yeah, I mean, somebody has to, yeah. right? Um, so we should definitely you know, teach proper safety and training with it. And I think a nice little device you know, to help people with that was great. Great idea. Um, then Adeon Technologies, which is the access control system that we use for the door. 
Okay. Um, which is great. So uh, if you're not verified on a piece of machinery, uh, we go and we would you would swipe your RFID card, the same one you get in the door with. Mm -hmm. And if you're not verified, it won't actually let you use the machinery. In fact, power won't even go to the machinery. Oh, wow. So it's a great safety device. Think of it like automated management of a, of a space like this. Mm -hmm. um, that's come out of there. Um, the pedagogy and curriculum on education that I created called Learn by Design came out of there, um, which is another fun project, if you will. <laughs> uh, wow, what else? Uh, Do you want to explain that a little bit? Because you probably just like scrambled somebody's brain with that. Like, you've... You're designing. This is this is kind of your baby, right? This this whole uh, education process. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, kind of give you a little bit backstory for it. I was a terrible, terrible participant in school, <laughs> but I was a fantastic student, right? I I love learning, still do. Um, however, I I just can't sit still. I, I don't learn that way. Mm. Um, and so throughout my life, I, I've always just learned as much as I could, no matter where I was at but always through the physical action of doing so. And so one day I just kind of asked a weird question that turned out to be a really good question is, okay, well, how does learning work? No one seemed to ever have an answer for me. And so <laughs> Who are you I, asking that yeah, question too? I, I, started, I started small, right? I, I started with teachers, uh -huh. right? That would be your first guess is, hey, hey, teacher, you know, how ma whoever your math teacher is or whatever, how does learning work? I tell you stuff, you listen. Yeah. And then you know. And it's like, no, no, no. What happens to our body when that occurs? How do we think? How is this information stored? Um, <laughs> it, Immediately, they're like, oh. you think too much. Right. Go, go over with the rest of the nerds. <laughs> um, and so I, I just kept trucking away information. And, and it turns out people have asked this question for a really, really long time. Um, and I've been compiling all the answers that we've found and started to create a, an, started as an idea, but a curriculum that's designed for the way we learn, but through designing itself. Mm -hmm. So every single, we'll call them, everything's project-based learning. So you would come in and you would actually do a physical project, but that project is laid out in a way that you are meant to fail at specific points so that it increases your or um, the value of the information that would come thereafter. Right. Because um, you only learn through failure. Usually, well, you don't right? I mean, only that's... learn through failure. I mean, there, there's it's far more complex than that. And in fact, our emotions play a role. Mm -hmm. If we're mad, that actually changes the way we perceive information mm -hmm. and the way it would be stored um, in, in working memory. The environment that we're in actually plays a major role because the environment then changes our mood, mm -hmm. right? Um, the way the information or the structure of it and how it's presented also changes the way we learn and how we then access that information and utilize it. Right? We were talking about an infinitely complex pathways of information throughout our brain, so. Yeah. Well, we, before we started the podcast, we were talking, and, you know, it's the way the school system is designed to sit in the chair and stare at the teacher and that's the way you're supposed to learn and that's kind of like uniform across the world like it's not just the united states there's only a certain percentage of people who actually actively learn that way yeah well and and also the thing that the way you're designing it too is i'm sure there's some people who may not learn that way either right yeah, it all well, depends you can't a band-aid doesn't solve every health issue 
right? You can't put a Band-Aid on cancer and then you don't have cancer. Yeah. So if we have nine different way, uh, different forms of intelligences and if each person has three of them that they're strong in, that's like 53 or 56 different combinations, well, clearly one Band-Aid isn't going to work for education. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a piece of the puzzle that might be a better alternative. I don't think there is or is not a solution for something like this. Yeah, but it's another method. Yeah, another form of learning. I mean, absolutely. I think we should always try strive to you know, approach this differently. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. It, it, not saying it's the number one solution, but it's another way. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of new ways that are being approached. Um, some of them work. Some of them produce not as good test scores, which is a completely other conversation. But I, th- I think the whole world is a is really trying to find different ways right now. I think it's all kind of hit us. Hey, this isn't natural. Um, we're, we're not producing the results that we want. Yeah, um, and it's deteriorating it, yeah, like, at a rapid pace. Learning's fun. Yeah. <laughs> then why does a child come home crying? Right. That doesn't make sense. Right. Like, and my three-year-old, like, he learns and he likes it. Like, he's having, because he's still young enough where it's, it's he doesn't understand the torture of Maybe I'm three. Come. I don't know, but well, you're right. I think right. you found the right way to learn. I mean, it's, and, and I, I too, like, I, you know, doing this podcast, I learn very much through audio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hands-on and I do learn through visual, but, like, I learn a lot just from listening on over and over again, too, like repetition. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily sitting in one place. Moving around and listening seems to help with me. What about you? Like, what was the, what was the, aha moment that clicked for you? Like, this is how I learn. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there was necessarily an aha moment of, this is how I learn. More than um, I've always just tried to have fun learning. Okay. Uh, we can thank my grandfather for that. He said, if you're not having fun while you're learning, then you're doing it wrong. Um, and so, and it's not going to stick either. Yeah. And, and so, I, I mean, I was that weird kid that would sit there with the stick and dig out dirt and just then go find an encyclopedia, which I don't even know if they exist anymore. On um, Google. Yeah, they're yeah on Google. And I would try to figure out what it was that I saw and then ask how it worked. And just that's how I do it. I just have questions and then find answers. Because uh, I guess, yeah, the, the issue is a lot of the passion for learning gets kind of beat out of, of you as the years go on in school. And then even past then, you don't even, a lot of people don't have continuous learning throughout their life. And I know for many years I didn't. Yeah. Until a few years ago, I really started to kickstart it back into gear. Because it's, it's, it's fun. I think that's a, it's a, what do they call it, a pandemic or a epidemic, uh-huh. whatnot. Yeah. Uh, across the world is that there are, there are people who understand that lifelong learning is very important, um, but many of them don't. Right. Um, and and it, either it gets beat out of them, they just don't care, or their priorities take precedent, or whatever it may be. Um, but it is so, so important, especially you know, like we were talking earlier about the growth of technology. Well, if you're not teaching yourself, then you're fundamentally just deteriorating your uh, your value as an individual to any asset or to any situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're kind of you're behind the eight ball, and you're going to keep falling further behind yeah. as time goes on. So, with Catalyst Space, uh, I guess t- tell a little bit about your story of of getting to where you were because you have an interesting story of of you know failing out of school. It wasn't your <laughs> yeah. thing, you know, and then designing this 
thing all your own that you're obviously you're continuing to learn it but so is other people so are the people i'm just trying to create the thing i wish i had right does that make sense yes um you know i think we're all striving for the plutonic ideal of what it is we're doing um and and that's that's all i'm really doing is i i just i'm creating a place that i wish i could have had when i was younger to express and find and play with everything that i was curious about um and and it's it's been fruitful so far. I mean, a lot of things have come out of it. Well, I'll tell you what, man. One of the coolest parts is, just in the limited time that I've spent in there so far, that you're inviting your the environment is so uh, conducive to bringing people in who really also want to learn, and they're all learning different things. So you're 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 meeting different people who are helping you in different ways. Right, and they're kind of like bringing things into your life that maybe were never in your life. Like I met Kirk up there, cryptocurrency, yeah. blockchain, Bitcoin. It's like crazy a, story. Like I never knew, and you can listen to his podcast. It's a couple back from this one, but um, I never. I, it's fun to see how somebody else's mind works, and fun to see like what excites them. And I don't know if that's just. I mean, you're kind of the same way, I assume. But I get excited when somebody else is excited about something, even yeah. if I don't understand it. And I want to understand it because then, like, it's like then I can understand what they're saying. So there, there's this. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. We there's this uh, one young uh, kid who comes in who was part of the business program that's in the area, and uh, he wanted to design a, a perpetual motion machine, if you will. That's not possible, right? Uh, uh, you can't you can't fight physics. But everybody encouraged him to try, mm-hmm. and so. He didn't. He hasn't figured out what it is yet, mm-hmm. and he hasn't solved the problem. But he solved these tiny little problems in like learning how to three D print, and like you could just see his face glow. And that's when you're like, ah, oh, this is all worth it. All right. the work is worth it right. for those moments right there. So, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, to see it, especially to see a kid, because if you're, if you're like me, also like I, I think I told you this. I'm always trying to find me in seventh grade. Yeah, like, where am I at? And I can like help me. Oh, oh no, no. Kind of like a what? I'd have an NWO shirt. Right. For like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, but but that, I've always felt like there's, I want to be able to figure out, you know, all the things that I wish I would have known, whenever I was twelve years old, that somebody would have came along and said, "Hey, man." Come this way. I want to show you this stuff because this is what you need to know. It's going to help you, and that's kind of what Catalyst Space is, right? In my mind, that's what I picture it as. Think of it as Catalyst Space is the perfect place to learn just in time rather than just in case. Okay, right? Yeah, I, I think that's the really the best way to say it because every time we go to learn something, it's really we're just learning all this information just in case we ever need it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, just in case you ever get asked about American history, the Emancipation <laughs> Proclamation, right? Um, but at Catalyst Space, you come in, you hey, you know, I, I need a new gear for my Keurig or something. Well, Keurigs don't have gears. It's a terrible <laughs> example. A new pump, right, or a housing for a pump. Mm-hmm. And then you learn 3D printing. You learn computer-aided drafting right there. You didn't – it wasn't just in case. It was just in time. And right. because it's just in time, you'll never forget it. Right. Like, you'll know exactly how to do those things every single time. Because you're applying them to something that you need for you, your own knowledge. You've incorporated intrinsic motivation. Yeah. 
And so speaking of that, so uh, talking about some of the kids that have come in, so you have this whole class, the the STEM class, is that you call it? Yeah, uh, we call it Club Co-Create. But. Club Co-Create, okay. So they some of the kids came in. What grade were they in that created the fidget spinners? Oh, uh, they were in seventh grade when they did it. Okay. And I just want to give people listening kind of like a you know an actual practical idea of what can be done in there. So these kids come in, they're in seventh grade, and fidget spinners are huge. They're dying out now. I don't know if anybody even has one anymore. <laughs> My wife had one the other night. I'm like, what the hell are you doing with that thing? Like, I haven't seen it in months. It was so six years ago. <laughs> right. So they come in and they, you taught them how to create fidget spinners? How many kids well, were actually, there? Well, they came into me with this file that they found online mm. for like the STL file or the file you would 3D print with. Oh, okay. They're like, hey, can you help me make this? Yeah, sure. How did they find out about you? Huh? How did they find out about Catalyst Space? Actually, actually they, uh, Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they just... There wasn't any. Oh, this is such a sad story. There wasn't any STEM program, and they all really wanted. They were into science and technology, like in the Votech or anything like that. Vocational school. Yeah, so they're a little, a little bit removed from Altoona, but they're still within the general area, like twenty minutes away. And there wasn't anything that they could do as an after-school program. So the kids actually found us on Facebook, came in, and was like, "Hey, there's nothing. Could you help us out?" And I had been designing that learn by design curriculum and theory and pedagogy and all of that yeah. at the exact same time. It's like, yep, yeah, let's do it. Whatever. Yeah. You're like, serious? Law of attraction. Yeah, they had like no idea. Like, they were expecting me to go, oh, we'll get back to you or something like that. Yeah, like, let's rock and roll. I'm like, let's do it. Monday sound good? And they're like, what? <laughs> um, you can't. How do you turn a kid down like that who's like, no, that's awesome. I want to learn? Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Um, like, that's the point. Yeah. And that's so, amazing. I mean, that's really how that whole thing got started um they they but back to the fidget spinners they, so they built these things they 3d printed them they sound like little keebler elves with their little hammer smacking in the, <laughs> the bearings and everything they come back the next day so there's no class the next day like our club isn't going on and they're like hey um we took this into school and everybody wants one can you show us how to start a business <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's do this. So <laughs> I, uh, I just looked at their parents because their parents were there, and I'm like, "How many? Hour, how many? How long we got?" And they're like, "Well, take like an hour or two. Okay, cool." So we just went up on the whiteboard, started started business. How cool is that? Uh, we went over profit loss sheets, how much to, you know, we weighed each one to figure out how much on an average it would cost to make it. Uh, went on Amazon, looked at how many, how much the bearings would be to do it. And, <laughs> And I guess the benefit is that you're in there like 24 hours a day. Yeah. So well, if somebody needs something, you're usually there working yeah. on your own thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's well, your I don't, space to I work. don't feel like I work. Right. So, I mean, maybe that's part of that, why I'm there all the time. But I guess if I created a place I don't want to leave, then it's probably pretty good for everybody else, too. Yeah, very true. Um, and they ended up like engraving names, right? Like, yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I, I taught them about uh, attachment rating. So major corporations, one of the things that they'll do in business is they'll create attachment ratings or things that are, you know, very low cost to do, but yield a very high profit margin, right? So I was like, well, could you charge them three extra dollars Mm -hmm. if you engrave their name? They're like, oh, yeah. And the one kid's like, we would even use less material (laughs) (laughs) because they're doing it on a 3D printer. So it doesn't matter. It's whatever you input it's going to make. and so they, they started like a Mariana Hoagie's sheet of fidget spinners and <laughs> colors and names, and it was a lot of fun. That's really cool. They ended up selling it uh, some, too, to the, uh, what was it, the SAPDCs, which is like a uh, 
a place in the area that kind of oversees government um, grants and things like that or oh, collaborative okay. grants in the area. So they actually purchased it to hand out at one of their events. And Really? Those kids probably made a fortune. They, they, they did for, pretty good. For seventh graders. They did pretty good. Are they still? Are they? They're the ones that are in your co-create class. Yeah, they're still there. So they're back. And what are they doing now? Are they like move on? I guess fidget spinners have died off. So well, they, they they're helping me with the robot right now. Oh, are they really? Yeah, they're helping me with Jarvis. Okay. So I'm teaching them a little. I guess we kind of stopped with the science and kind of ended up with a little bit of artisanship in post-processing of 3D parts and programming the Arduino units and things of that nature. And so in there, you I mean you have how many 3D printers do you have now? Twelve that are operational. Okay, so and you've you've built some your own on your own. Yes, right. Yeah. Some of them you purchased or were purchased. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we have like the little FDM ones that we built. Um, if you basically hot glue gun on motors, it just shoots out plastic instead of glue. Um, and then we have the much more production grade uh, models that you would find in a a really high end research and development company like GE or NASA or something like that. So I mean, it's one of the parts to. It's kind of weird because everything jumps back and forth, but the education, uh, the idea for the education is actually just around them around machinery and technology that is at the top level already mm-hmm. and that they're physically using. So they're not being exposed to something that's outdated. Right, which is usually what in school you get exposed to. Well, the sometimes. Uh, you, it depends on your budget. Right. It depends on the school system. Yeah, I, I should say locally. We live in central... Pennsylvania, Altoona, PA. So, I mean, it's a little... Altoona's always been behind. You know, we've always been kind of stuck catching up. Yeah, but since about 1930. <laughs> I wish that was statistically inaccurate, but it's, it's that's actually the date or the year. So, one of your missions is, like, to, to pull... Which is a beautiful thing, really, because there's so many cities like ours, I'm sure. I mean, mm-hmm. not exactly like ours, but in the situation that we're in. So, to be able to pull that city from, like always you get caught behind you're always behind it's like how how do you ever catch up you need somebody to pull you forward this is something that could be there that could at least pull a segment of the community forward that is looking for those things but can't find them yeah i mean i don't know the right answer to that i don't know that there is one way i I do believe that it's through culture Mm -hmm. um you, you have to false foster that culture around technology and that it's acceptable to adapt in many many ways, we kind of live about twenty years behind here in some of the some of the things that we do, mm-hmm. and so if we have that integration at an early age of the, the, the technology and the fact that it can be done here, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a big misconception that to to do all this stuff, you have to go to D.C., you have to go to Silicon Valley to be a startup to get funding to do all these things. Yeah. You did have to, yeah, at one, one point. point um, but it's 2017. It's 18 now. 18. <laughs> it's the future. I don't even know what day of the week it is now. <laughs> um, I can, I can literally sit on the toilet on YouTube and watch something. Right. I'm pretty sure I can figure out anything to do anywhere. Right. There's there's no boundaries. The only boundary is really you. Um, and and the limitation of the specific resource. Let me ask you how you feel about this because I I feel like kids will get it. Growing up, they'll understand the potential. They they won't even see it as potential. They'll just see it as this is life. But they have, they'll understand that they can create what they need right where they are. I think it's the older generations that are gonna might maybe hinder them from from them not being able to comprehend that we can do that now at home. Well, it's not malicious. It's not. No, no. Yeah, it's it's. 
it's that's how society evolves. Yeah, right? and it's moving so fast right now, faster than ever before, that that separation seems to be greater. Do you feel that way? It, yeah, and it will only continue to get greater as time progresses, uh, because we've an age-old philosophical question of whether technology is what defines a human or if a human can be defined without technology, Hmm. right? And so our society progresses with our technology and our societal concerns, but now technology is growing at a rate at which it's not generation or two generations per major technological evolution. It's like three years, yeah. Right. So, yeah. so we're we're having to societally adapt. You know, every five ten years. Yeah. It's it's only going to get that 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 gap is only going to get shorter and shorter for between technological advances, and it's only going to get greater and greater from uh, a societal structure behind it. Yeah, and we before we started, we were talking about like robotics. If you go to school for robotics, by the time you get out of school, you're already behind the eight ball. Because oh, yeah. everything you learned has already been kind of passe and been rebuilt and redesigned for something new. On, on my end, whenever I think about like how, and I'm curious how you what, what your mindset is on this because, like when I look at what I do and what I can do for like society or what I can do for civilization or for businesses or myself, the only thing that is the only thing that I have that is not replicable and that also is going to be uh, always, always going to be able to be applied to other things is my personality because you can't take that. Nobody could copy it. Even like a, I guess at some point maybe a machine could copy it. <laughs> I don't know, but you can't like copy my personality. That's the only thing I have that could help me keep up. Do you know what I mean? Like help help me always be relevant. Mm-hmm. In your field with what you're doing and what you're working with, how do you feel about that? Like I don't know. I don't ever think about that. Yeah, that doesn't ever cross your mind. I mean, I I, I always think that everything I know now is going to be wrong in ten years anyhow. Oh, so. okay. So you're already ready for it. Uh, yeah, I mean. So you're continuously learning then to yeah, try to keep uh, up. My goal isn't to change the world; it's to maybe help those who can. Which is in effect a piece of well, trying. The world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Start small. Yeah, I think that's a huge. It sounds so daunting and huge. But whenever you break it down on a smaller scale, it's like, well, of course, it's it's like if it, you 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 need to be able to affect the world around you, like everything you can touch, can you affect that? Then yeah. that might affect those things. And Schopenhauer actually points that out in his book of there it goes. Is that, one your, is that one of your friends? No, it's a, philosopher, it's a philosopher, existentialist philosopher. But he says that the world exists in two forms: uh, the world is will, and the world is representation, and that's for every single individual. Right. So. It's very true, like like creating your own reality, your yeah. own perception of reality. And yep. Things. And then the reality that exists around you, regardless of your perception. Yeah. And we, we talked about that before, too. It's just like it's strange how and your moods can change how you're perceiving the things that are around you. Absolutely. On a day-to-day basis. It's all made up, man. It's all made up. <laughs> <laughs> but on a day-to-day basis, like how do you stay focused? And you said about micromanaging, and that's one of the things that so, you said that's yeah, fascinating to me. Um. I hate to be micromanaged from other people. I think every person is that way. Yeah. Uh, but I realize that I can be far more effective if I micromanage my own time. Um, so like one of the things, uh, me and my business partner do this, it's been a huge asset to us, actually, in, in being able to progress as fast as we have, is made a giant whiteboard with every single day of the year, like a calendar, 
um, and then made a document, right? What are mm -hmm. the goals? What are the strategies to get there? What are the objectives? And the objectives are every single tiny task. And we do this six months out, right? And it seems like, oh my God, this is so stupid. Why would we waste time doing this? Right. But it's fantastic because I don't, when I walk into work the next day or whatever, when I wake up the next day, I know exactly what I need to do. I don't have to think about it half asleep or anything. There's no question. And then every six months I, well, I visit it more often than that, but every six months I, I'm adding more things to it. If that would be uh, to begin that task, number one, Got to know where you're incredibly going. Incredibly daunting. Yeah, you've got to have some sort of objective yeah. way out in front of you that you're moving towards. What's the objective you're moving towards right now? Oh, I, I don't know if I want to share that. You yet. don't want no, to. No, I'm um, no, just. A, a, I'm not saying like I, spill I, the beans. Yeah, but. sure. Uh, I think that the end objective is to really create, like, like our mission says, create those spaces that kind of allow creativity and innovation to flourish mm -hmm. and to expand that and give it to opportunities in other cities is really the angle um, because there are too many cities and there are too many people who really do want to take control of their own lives in that in that manner um, and have the the capacity to do so but don't always have all those resources available yeah um, and and the way that our uh, the model is set up is is it really does drastically drop that barrier to entry for those people. How did you? Because I think one of the major struggles is number one, time for people, but number two, like where the hell do I start? What do I do? You know, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom to decide. You know what? I got to quit this job or do this thing and start my own thing. And I think all of us have that. At least I, I shouldn't say all of us, but I think a good majority of humans have that inside of them. They've either had it, have it beaten out of them, or they've just had, <laughs> they have too many roadblocks in the way to get there, or it just seems so overwhelming. And I felt that way for such a long time. Like I felt like, you know, how am I going to, uh, how am I going to do that on my own? And you know, back in the day when I was in radio, it was like, I got to travel across the country, I got to bounce station to station, and then I was listening to podcasts all the time, and I'm like, well, hell, man, there's there there's the outlet, like it's right there in front of my face. So for you, what was the like, what would be your advice to people who want to break out, who there's, have the idea? There's no right answer. There's no, just What's do, your answer, though? Shut up and do it. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, that, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Is, you start? There's a that's day the where you, you start going, I wish I could. I, I would really like to. And then you just one day have to just shut up and do it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and don't look back. Just keep going and going. It's scary, sure. Yeah. I mean, Justin and I, we quit everything. We quit school, quit our jobs, just m went for broke. What was that for you then? When when did it happen? Like you were like you were in college. Uh, I, yeah, I was in, I was in college. Uh, we were both in the same program. Um, and you had a bunch of different jobs, sales jobs and stuff. Right? Uh, like sales. I was, it was uh, in the Marine Corps right out of high school. I cleaned beer taps for a while. <laughs> Worst job ever. Uh, <laughs> By far. I can't imagine you doing those other jobs. You're probably uh, just like crawling in your skin. I was still trying to figure out life, you know? Yeah. Oh, sky's blue. That's awesome. Right. Um, and then, you know, looked at this big empty room and we've had a lot of discussions about what it could be. And, and the one day after school, it's a really bad day of school. I'm behind because I'm working full time and I'm 
trying to go to school full time and, and life was just getting so chaotic and I just went, everything's going on halt. Mm-hmm. And just hit that easy button, if you will, from Staples. Right. I called him up, I'm like, we doing this? He's like, we're doing this? Oh, we're doing this. You should be sure. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm literally, that's how it, the whole thing started, just working odds and in jobs till we could get the money to get new things to work and progress, learning right. from everybody in the community who had something to offer. And then the pieces just started falling into place. Yeah, I, I'm still not sure how everything. But that's the thing, right? Like, things start falling into place. You have to just have faith that they're going to. Yeah, well, you have to have faith in yourself. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to go, yeah, I, I can live through this. Right. There's worse things that have happened. And people are going through worse things right now than uh, what yeah. I'm going through. And they've pulled themselves out of bigger holes. Absolutely. I mean, most of it's just ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's a battle with yourself. That's a tough battle. <laughs> it's true. Because it never leaves you, you alone. You are your own worst enemy. Yeah, it's the battle that never stops. Like, I mean, I, st- I still have that battle with myself, but... Um, well, obviously, creating a micromanaging platform for yourself kind of defines the fact that you're at battle with yourself because you want to control yourself, right? You want to be like, I want to be on task with what I'm doing. I have these goals, right? I have these these dreams of things that I want to accomplish, and, and I think everybody has this, has dreams they want to, to accomplish. But it really boils down to, do you have a plan? Yeah. How the heck are you going to get to that goal, that dream, if you haven't even laid out a plan to get there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, it's, it's kind of self-explanatory. You need, you need a plan. And one of the things I need to plan around is the extraordinarily ADD from day to day. <laughs> right? And so I need to micromanage myself a little bit better each day yeah and it, there's a great do you ever read The Slight Edge the book The Slight Edge so it's a, it's a very effective book it's very effective for me because it just kind of broke down life into pieces it's like every day every action you make every step that you take every is this turning into a song singing, so do you want to break out <laughs> I got an instrumental bed ready um, but it's like every um, everything is built on small tiny steps whether they're moving, moving forward or moving backwards everything you do is like if you sit down and watch TV for an hour I mean how do you perceive that it could be just relaxing and then if it goes to two hours is that moving yourself backwards is it something else you could be doing and you can drive yourself nuts with those sorts oh. of things because I do a lot, <laughs> um, and I drive other people like my wife nuts with them. Uh, I have trouble sitting still sometimes, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I think we have a in our society have a problem with the word obsessed. Have a problem with the word it's an obsession of theirs like they're like like it's a bad thing almost and Who it cares? can be if it takes over your life and it can be depending on what it is i guess if it's a drug or something like sure, that sure yeah that could be bad and if it if it results in you ignoring could your be. kids no, it's and... 90% bad like <laughs> it depends on the drug there's I a guess. few artists that have made that good but <laughs> other than that but like but you know if you're if you're holding your if you're doing well in the other aspects of your life but you have something you're obsessed with that you're working on I, it's the best thing you could possibly do to cuz that gives you passion gives you purpose yeah it gives you some reason to move forward I, yeah i mean i guess you just get to a point where you don't care what other people think sometimes that's the real goal i'm looking forward to those days like i have what i want i have what i need it's like anytime i talk to somebody over the age of 50 I, they're usually pretty close to that. And if they're like 80, they're there. Yeah. You know, like they don't give a shit anymore what anybody thinks. They're the best people to talk to. Yeah. Like if you want someone to give you an honest feedback about how you handle something, find an older person that just 
doesn't care anymore. I know it's great, and I want to be there now. You know, but it's you can't. It's like you got to wait it out. You got to ride that wave, I guess. <laughs> my dad and my grandfather are both that person. <laughs> They're just like, oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Dad, what do you think about this? You suck. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I'll do better. See, I want to be there. I I want to care and not care at the same time. Like I want to care a lot, but not care about like what anybody else is thinking about the thing. Yeah. You know, that's that's the real mission, I you guess. S- you said about like struggling. I mean, I'm so thankful. For I, I, honestly, I'm so thankful for my girlfriend to be. Yeah, that's my support structure. Mm-hmm. That's you do need something, yeah, that you can just look at, either a thing or a person that you can talk to. They just know that everything's gonna work its way out, right? Um, and then be able to give you that counter argument uh, because your ego will always get in the way. Yeah, you need that perspective. I'm awesome, or I'm crappy. You need that person just counterbalancing you all the time. Yeah, and that's it's and honestly, it's hard to find it. I think that people, especially uh, uh, if you grow up in a broken home, you know, if you grow up without the right structure from the beginning, then it's always you're always searching for the wrong sort of support structure, right? It 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 can snowball. It's plausible, yeah. So, I think people start out kind of behind the eight ball. It's hard to find that thing. Luckily, you have. I, I have for sure as well. And it's oh, it's, I'm extraordinarily lucky to have waltzed into it, if you will. <laughs> Stumbled, maybe the right word. That's what it seems like a lot of the time. It's like, how did I end up here? I mean, I'm glad I'm here, but I forget how you it. You see happened. that all the time, though. I went to college for marketing. Oh yeah, what do you do now? I, I manage a, a basketball team. Right. Like wait, what? <laughs> Okay. That happens all the time. And just moving forward and keep your options open and be open to different things. Yeah, I think there's a lot of unnecessary stress put on a lot of things. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I try to remind myself that every day. Like, dude, you're putting too much stress on things that mean nothing. Just yeah. chill out. Yeah. You, you, you see that a lot of the time when you uh, reacquaint with people from your past. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And, and because you found that thing. Mm-hmm. Right, and and maybe they haven't. You're just like, I don't understand how any of this is relevant. What you're talking about right now. I have a friend who's <laughs> obsessed with new phones, and not like in a good technological kind of way. In like a, I'm too good for this phone now, and I need the new one. That like, every couple of months, and when he has the one, he's already sick. He's like, ah, this thing's a piece of junk. I mean, maybe that's their thing, though. I guess I should. But no, it's not there. Oh, what I'm saying is like. It's a crutch. It's like they're 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 putting so much of their mental, like so much of their mental energy is put into like worrying about like do I have the best phone? And it's, it's like a lifestyle almost. And you're right. It, if you if you use it in the right way, it could be productive. But he's not using. it. Well, I mean, right it just way. might be their thing. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's what eight billion people on the planet. I'm sure there's got to be a couple deviations of yeah. personalities. I guess um, what I'm saying is if you're going to be that obsessed with it, then that should be what you do. Yeah. And if it's not what you do, then stop being so obsessed with it. You're wasting your time. Yeah. What do they say? You don't make your hobby your job or you'll hate it. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand that. At all. No, that seems like what you should do. Uh, yeah. I've never had a hobby that I... I, I mean, I, when I was like 14, I wished my, gaming was my life, right? Playing video games right. and everything. That didn't pan out. Turns out I don't have much of a talent in in some of those areas. But you're still in a roundabout kind of way in the field. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've just, always been into technology. You just hosted a gaming uh, gaming event. I, I, I love space. strategy games. Real-time strategy games are 
are my favorite. But yeah, we, we raised ten thousand dollars for Children's Miracle Network, which is pretty cool. And you had like what VR going on and all kinds of. Like... Yeah, we had two VR stations. There was actually like a uh, ninety-year-old guy trying to play VR lightsabers. That sounds dangerous. It was awesome. <laughs> he was having so much fun, and so was everybody watching him. Like it was very entertaining. All right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. We'll we'll wrap up here, and um, we'll revisit this again at another point. Let's like let's turn this into a series. Okay. Yeah. Because sure. This was fun. I don't know what the parts of the series are yet, but this was it's the like first re- part. Recording. <laughs> having a coffee session this is pretty cool yeah and like you said about making a passion you know, making your hobby into your business like this is what this is right now it's a hobby in transformation into becoming uh, hopefully a career that's I the, hope so that's the idea um, but if they want more information about Catalyst Space how can they find it and you know if they want to check it out like online and physically Get, you can go to Facebook which is just Catalyst Space on Facebook I don't think there's any any kind of like it um, www.catalystspace.org is, is our website um, and then we're inst- on Instagram it's catalyst underscore space and then 1331 12th Avenue in yeah. Altoona yep 1331 12th Avenue Altoona sweet sweet 205 205 thanks dude yeah thank you it's a good time that's how it's done, my friends. Another episode of Rob Z Radio in the books. I hope you enjoyed that episode because Andrew Trexler is so much fun to talk to. That's only the beginning of him on this podcast. Make sure you tune back in. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever the hell you found the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors. Juice, J-O-O-S, downtown Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania, Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. This podcast is all from central Pennsylvania, so I have local sponsors, unlike most podcasts who have national sponsors. Um, I like to keep it local because I, I love my local community. So at The Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram, J-O-O-S, The Juice Bar, cold-pressed juice and smoothies for your mouth hole and for your health. <laughs> for your health hole? I almost said that. I did say it. Moving on, another sponsor is Harlequin Pepper Yoga, a vinyasa style of yoga rooted in science, focusing on functional movement and anatomical alignment. I'm reading that straight from the script because I can never say those words myself. I wouldn't be able to, without reading them, I couldn't get them out of my mouth. Uh, but I love yoga, any form of yoga, and what Aaron does at Harlequin Pepper Yoga is awesome. It's great for the community, great for your body, great for your strength and stamina, also great for your mind and for your meditation if you're into that sort of thing, and uh, just for mindfulness, so uh, really for your spirituality as well. Harlequin Pepper Yoga, H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N. Harlequin Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram, and you can call her at 931-814-931-9815. Downtown Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania. We're live. We're local. We're late-breaking. i got to get the heck out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, peace out. That's brutal.